Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Sunday and get ready because March Madness is not done just quite yet, folks. First round is officially in the books. Second round officially begins today in about eight minutes, so we got to get into our March Madness coverage before we get into anything else. Uh, we are also continuing on with our 73-day NFL Draft prospect countdown today. We got a wide receiver from LSU, and no, it's not Jamar Chase. We've already looked at that, man. <laughs> Another wide receiver, so we'll see if uh, LSU can get two wide receivers out maybe in the first round. Maybe. We'll see how he's looking. Uh, so we got that today on the show. Obviously, he's still breaking down the NBA in the stories of the, of the day. But first, let's start with our March Madness coverage. A lot of upsets yesterday. A couple of. Uh, yeah, yeah, good amount of upsets yesterday. Uh, so here we go. Uh, we are now currently tied for second in our bracket. There are three participants here. Uh, go Rutgers is still in first place with 21 points. But hey, we made up a lot of ground yesterday on the, uh, what was it, the west and the east? East and West, way East and West in the uh, first round. So made up a lot of ground there. So let's check our brackets very quickly. See how we did. Obviously Gonzaga got them going. OK State beating out Mizzou called that one. The only game that we missed in the West was we were believing in UCSB and they only lost by one point and he missed a layup. He missed a layup, the game winning layup. So this close of having the perfect West in the first round, unfortunately Creighton does upset or does beat UCSB. Truly unfortunate, um, but Ohio beats Virginia, and that's one that we called as well. So, fantastic for us. Unfortunately, us and Obama were wrong on the UCSB upset over Creighton, but hey, we got Ohio uh, beating Virginia, so we'll take that. Alrighty, USC beats Dre, Kansas beats EWU, called all of that, called Oregon beating VCU, and Iowa beating GCU. Alrighty, and then in the East, Michigan obviously beating Texas. Southern Texas. Um, LSU beating St. Bonaventure. We thought Bonaventure would win over LSU, but it really wasn't even that close of a game. Uh, so we got we called that one wrong. We got to three wrong here in the East, unfortunately. Uh, Colorado beating Georgetown. FSU beating UNCG. This one is killing us right here. Unfortunately, UCLA with the upset over BYU. We were big on BYU. We had them. We had them going all the way to the Final Four. So that is not great. <laughs> so we lose there. But hey, another upset that we called correctly: ACU over Texas. We loved ACU in our algorithm, and that was one that kind of paid off for us. So another call here, calling two of the four big upsets from last night. Um, all right, then UConn beats – no, Maryland beats UConn. We called UConn, unfortunately. That was our third wrong pick in the West – or in the East. And then Alabama beating Iona. Classic there. So, unfortunately, 
Well, we did make up a little bit of ground, but you know, BYU not being in the Final Four anymore, that's really going to hurt us. Uh, we're really going to have to kind of cling to this West and hopefully that we kind of predicted everything right else in this West Conference so we can try to make up some ground in our uh, with our tournament. So let's see what Go Ruckers has got going on. What did he call correctly yesterday? He got Gonzaga in Oklahoma. He called Creighton. Oh, no, he had USCB as well over Creighton. He also picked Ohio over Virginia, so fantastic to him. Great call there. He doubled down on Drake, though. Unfortunately, that one does not pay off for him, but Kansas, Oregon, and Iowa all winning to kind of finish out the West for him. Alrighty, and then in the East, Michigan LSU calls both of those correctly, but he calls a Georgetown upset over Colorado that does not pay off. Got Florida State over UNCG. He calls UCLA over BYU. Congratulations, a great call there. Uh, does not predict the ACU over Texas, so unfortunate there. <laughs> calls uh, UConn over Mo Maryland that does not pay off, and then Bama over Iona. So we could potentially try and make up some ground on Go Rutgers bracket, who's currently in first place, because he does have Texas going all the way to the Final Four, and they just got upset by ACU last night. So we can possibly try to make up a couple of points there, hopefully. And then HGMF6. Let's see what he was calling. He called UCSB over Creighton. Then he also had Virginia over Ohio, so he called it wrong. He picked the wrong upset there, and it kind of hurt him there with the double losses. Calls USC over Drake. He chooses EWU over Kansas. Oof, tries to call an upset. Does not pay off, but he gets Oregon and Iowa correct. And then in the East, calls Michigan, LSU, Colorado, and Florida say all right. But then he chooses BYU over UCLA. Shucks like us. And then he chooses Texas over ACU. Shucks. And uh, so another double loss here in the East. But then he uh, correctly picks Maryland and Alabama. So... His bracket's still pretty much intact. We're going to have to kind of hope for another loss somewhere because his Final Four is still intact. And as long as that's still intact, you still got a chance to kind of win your pool or any uh, or anything like that. So, unfortunately, us and Go Ruckers have lost one of our Final Four opponents. So, we'll see. Uh, but that's how we stand after two days of straight nonstop action. We are currently tied for second and Go Ruckers is in first place. Alrighty, now that we know uh, what we did, let's uh, see if we can make any money in our moneymaker for the college games today. Tipping off in about three minutes, so hopefully we... Well, let's try. <laughs> let's get this one officially locked in here. Loyola, Chicago, and Illinois. Uh, we did not have this... Uh, I do not believe we had this in our... Uh, oh, we did. Oh, we did have this matchup called correctly. And we do have Illinois beating Loyola Chicago. But Loyola Chicago is getting seven points. And I really do like that. Loyola Chicago really truly impressed us in our... Um, in our algorithm that we've been working with in this March Madness. Now, it doesn't look like the the overall algorithm has really kind of worked 100%. It's called a couple of these decent upsets. It's called ACU over Texas. It's called uh, Ohio over Virginia. It was very close for UCSB over Creighton. So, uh, you know, it did help us call some of these upsets 
Uh, it's been just a kind of crazy March Madness year just to begin with. Uh, so we are going to take the seven points here for Loyola Chicago. I think that's going to be a great pick. Loyola Chicago really kind of uh, beat their first-round matchup kind of simply. I mean, they won by 11 points. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, Illinois obviously destroying Drexel, but, I mean, they're the number one seed. So let's take some points here with uh, Loyola Chicago. I think it's going to be competitive here in the second round. Alrighty, next, uh, so we are taking Loyola Chicago plus seven. Uh, so get that in. We got uh, about a minute before tip-off, so lock that in when you can. Alrighty, then we got Wisconsin and Baylor. Do we have that matchup going on? I do not think we do. We've got, um, we called uh, we called Baylor right, but not Wisconsin. So uh, we called UNC. So we are going to have to kind of root for Baylor here today. Baylor minus six, Wisconsin plus six. Is that any great value? Wisconsin just narrowly beating out UNC. I think Baylor was looking real good in their first meeting. Minus six points, though. Going to stay away from it. We're looking for the value with some points here. Alrighty, then we get Syracuse and West Virginia. Ooh, buddy. Syracuse plus three and a half. Virginia minus three and a half. I know we didn't pick uh, Virginia. Or I know we didn't pick Syracuse, but we did pick Virginia. And I kind of like Virginia minus three and a half. I don't know how great this Syracuse team is. They do have a great coach. So you're always going to be in it when you have Jim Beheim as your coach. I mean, he knows March Madness. He knows college basketball. He's been their head coach forever. Uh, but I do think this West Virginia team is very, very good. And and I think they're a little underrated here. They are still a three seed. So, I mean, they're they're very good, folks. So, we will swallow the three and a half here uh, with uh, West Virginia. All righty. Then we get Texas Tech and Arkansas. Do we have that matchup? I do not think so. I do not think we called any of that matchup right. Um, so, here we go. Texas Tech. Yeah, we called them both wrong. We chose Florida over Virginia Tech, and we chose – nope, that's the wrong bracket. Here it is. We chose Utah State over Texas Tech, and we chose Colgate over Arkansas. So we're going to stay away from that one. Not really sure what to do on that one. Alrighty, then we get Oral Roberts versus Florida. Once again, we did not call this uh, matchup at all. We had Virginia Tech beating Florida, and we had Ohio beating Oral Roberts, obviously. But uh, Oral Roberts getting eight and a half points here. Hey, you never know, and I think that's some good value here. I mean, they just went upset. You know, Ohio State, they're feeling the rhythm. They got that magic of the March Madness, so let's ride that magic and take Oral Roberts plus eight and a half. Loyola Chicago has officially tipped off, so let's take that out of our kind of moneymaker currently. Alrighty, and then North Texas and Villanova. Villanova minus six, North Texas plus six. Once again, I don't think we called any of this matchup right either. We were choosing big. We were heavy on Winthrop. Villanova upsets them. And we were also pretty big on Purdue over North Texas. But uh, what's the uh, spread here? North Texas plus six, Villanova minus six. We will stay away from that. And then the last one, Oregon State versus Oklahoma. Let's see if we can finish off strong here with Oregon State and Oklahoma. Uh, we have... We did not call any of that right either. <laughs> Jeez, oh my goodness. Yeah, we definitely floundered here in the Midwest and the South Conference. But uh, what do we got? What's the spread? Oregon State plus six. Oklahoma State minus six. 
Yeah, we didn't choose anything right. We went to Tennessee over Oregon State, and we went Liberty over OK State. Truly unfortunate there, so we will stay away from that one as well. But uh, some decent value here. West Virginia minus 3.5. Oral Roberts plus eight and a half. And then if you ended up getting Loyola Chicago, what was it? Plus eight. I think I like that as well. So that's what we have for our moneymaker today. That's our March Madness kind of coverage for today. We'll see what happens during today's games. I mean, today and tomorrow is really kind of the last solid days of basketball on kind of all day. We're not having, you know, all these games simultaneously, but we do have a nice little output. I mean, right now, starting at 1215, then we got 240, 515, 610, 745, 845, 940. And it's the same repeating tomorrow so enjoy these kind of last two days here this this last four days this four day stretch is just a great sporting stretch here just really kind of in the history of all sports I mean four straight days of all college basketball on literally all day noon to 10 I mean that's that's exactly what we want so um, it doesn't last forever but uh, this magical four day period is pretty magical so we'll take it Alrighty, so we will update our March Madness coverage tomorrow uh, at the beginning of the show. But let's uh, head back to the stories of the day and see what happened yesterday in the sports world. Well, probably the biggest news from yesterday, Kenny Galladay. He's got a new team, folks, and he reaches a four-year, $72 million deal with the New York Giants. Yes, sir. They just got John Ross. They got Kenny Galladay now. I am so amped. I am so pumped to watch this Giants offense work. We are big believers in Daniel Jones. I think that man can play. I do love Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator and they didn't have Saquon Barkley for the entire season last season. They get him back. They get a nice deep threat. Four, six foot, four tall wide receiver in Kenny Galladay. I mean, he was a little banged up last season, only played five games, missed the first two games, I think with like a hamstring injury played five games, and then I think something with his hip really kind of kept him out for the rest of the season. Um, but he's he's feeling good to go. He says he's good to go, ready to rock, all healthy, all good. So only five games last season for 338 yards and two touchdowns, but this man can be your kind of A1 tier one wide receiver with, uh, you know, the thousand yard plus seasons because he did that with Detroit in 2018 and 2019 back to back thousand yard seasons, five touchdowns in 2018 with 1,063 yards and 11 touchdowns in 2019 with 1,190 yards. So absolutely fantastic here for Kenny Galladay. He's still young, folks. He's heading into his fifth season. And did I mentioned he's six foot four yes sir deandre hopkins is only six one folks come on so kenny galladay is going to be a great weapon down the field weapon for daniel jones all right what else do we get here we get a little quote from kenny galladay new giants Wide receiver Kenny Galladay, I'm playing with Daniel Jones. Quote, he's still kind of fresh in this league a little bit, and I kind of want to grow with him. I'm still growing as a player, and I feel like me and him can do some good things. I mean, Kenny Galladay going into his fifth year, Daniel Jones going into his third year, third or fourth, I think it's third. Uh, but very well done. I mean, this is what we're talking about. The Giants just needed some pieces offensively at the wide receiver position. We like what Daniel Jones can do. I think he's accurate. I, th I like his arm. I like his uh, deep ball accuracy, and he's got some nice dual 
threat speed that's really kind of slept on it. And Jason Garrett kind of, you know, put that to the forefront of kind of uh, their offense a little bit with all that kind of read options a little bit in the red zone. So now that Saquon Barkley's back, they can kind of run the read option a little bit more. You can run uh, some wide receiver screens really quickly to Kenny Galladay, just kind of the threat of Daniel Jones running and Saquon Barkley running. So I think this Giants offense is really going to come together this year, and I'm ready to freaking watch it because I loved it last season. And I think I'm going to love it even more with all these additions uh, to their offensive roster. Uh, so just to break down what the Giants have currently, obviously Daniel Jones as their quarterback, Saquon Barkley as their running back. Just that alone is fantastic. No, I mean, do we need to see any more? Well, let's see what they're working with what with what with at wide receiver Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, John Ross, Evan Ingram at the tight end position. Yes, sir. So this is going to be a dangerous offense, folks. Definitely watch out for that. I think Jason Garrett can really kind of make this offense work, and I think Daniel. Jones can really kind of execute all these plays and schemes that they're going to come up with here for this roster and watch out for the Giants in the NFC East folks I really think it's the Giants and the Redskins the Redskins kind of just because of Ron Rivera and obviously the Giants because of this collective offensive squad I'm done with the the Cowboys I don't even care I like Dak Prescott that's it I hate their coach I do not like Zeke Elliott anymore Amari Cooper is fine but I mean when you got a you know offensive minded head coach that's really not that great at all at a coaching position you know when we bring up what he did in those Packers years it's underwhelming and then you know first year with the Cowboys I mean not being able to kind of shake off losing your starting quarterback with all this other talent around him and a serviceable backup quarterback and still not being able to kind of get your team ready to kind of compete on a weekly basis so I'm really kind of 100% sold on Mike McCarthy so can't trust them and I do like the Eagles but they are kind of you know transitioning to a quarterback right now to Jalen Hurts who I do think can play but we'll kind of start to seeing with a new head coach with a new quarterback I don't think they're going to kind of get it right year one so I definitely think the Giants currently are probably the favorites in the NFC East I've got no problem saying that. Alrighty, and then just to kind of finish off this um, giant segment here with Kenny Galladay, let's see what this man can do. So we got a nice little minute highlight package from NFL Twitter here, seeing, uh, showcasing really kind of Kenny Galladay. So let's watch this man work right here. Yes, sir, lays it all out on the line, full extension, dive, catching the ball, getting behind the Cardinals defense for that open throw. Fantastic, great concentration. Here he is. I mean, this defender is literally all all over Kenny Galladay he's able to kind of play it off get free the last second and still able to kind of catch the ball on the sideline all that concentration yes sir I'm talking sure hands yes sir and then this is why you want a 6-4 wide receiver this is exactly why you want a 6-4 wide receiver right there he can go up and get the ball I mean this man barely jumped did he barely jump or did he jump let me see no, he did jump, but I mean, still, I mean, that's solid. There's no way that this defender can make a play on this ball. You throw this ball high and away, you let your six foot four wide receiver go up and get it. There's literally no chance that that corner can make a play on the ball. The ball is just too high. Here we go, another one. Oh, look at this! Once again, strong hands trying to punch out the ball at the last second. No, no, no! I'm too secure in my own hands. Once again, going up and getting the ball. A little bit uh, too much inside on this pass, just a tad. 
I uh, gotta throw that one a little bit more out high and away but I mean this is what he can do he can jump over the defender if necessary up right here over the Cowboys yes sir high pointing the ball yes sir go up and get it kind of boxing out that defender right here just running through every defender on this one this one's severely underthrown away too much inside but that's what he can do that's why you want tall great catching wide receivers like Kenny Galladay because he can kind of make up for the poor kind of accuracy on a throw at some moments um, and another one right here, taking the big shot, still holding on to the ball. I mean, this is exactly what you want with your wide receivers. Them knowing that they're going to take that big old hit as soon as they leave the ground and catch the ball, and they still are able to kind of come down with control and a completion for the catch. So Kenny Galladay, man, really going to kind of help Daniel Jones out, and I hope Daniel Jones can really just kind of execute with all these offensive pieces because this is an offense that is kind of ready to rock right now. So I'm all about it. Alrighty, let's move on to another uh, NFC East team here. We got a little quote here for Carson Wentz on Jalen Hurts. Once again, just the classiness of um, Carson Wentz here. So Carson Wentz on Jalen Hurts, quote, I wish the kid nothing but the best. I got a lot of respect for him. So once again, I mean, uh, he's got no bad blood with Jalen Hurts. You know, Jalen Hurts has really no, you know, had nothing to do with Carson Wentz getting kind of kicked out of Philadelphia yeah Jalen Jason Hurts was good or Jalen Hurts is good and that his play kind of you know kind of kicked out Carson Wentz but we knew the management was looking to get rid of him um Doug Peterson benched him he wasn't playing well and I do think that this is both mutually good for Carson Wentz and the Eagles kind of part ways he's got no bad blood he just wants to win here in Indianapolis and put all these doubters to, to rest to bed and to just put all these kind of narratives that this man is not good and cannot play play cannot win you the big game cannot stay healthy for the big game so he's got a lot to prove not holding on to any of this baggage that he had in Philadelphia clean slate here in Indianapolis and I'm excited to watch Carson Wentz play as well Alrighty, let's head over to some basketball news. And yesterday, truly unfortunate, COVID got the better of March Madness, unfortunately. So VCU versus Oregon yesterday had to be ruled a no contest due to COVID-19 protocols. And Oregon automatically advances. So truly unfortunate for VCU. Couldn't even play the game. Oregon wins the game officially 1-0 and moves on to the round of 32. So truly unfortunate here. Um, thought March Madness could go off without a hitch with COVID. Unfortunately, we see it in the first round, so not good. Hopefully, we don't see any more because uh, that would be very not good, but maybe one – could we could we all be fine with one? You know, at the end of the day, it, once March Madness is over and you know the turn of the the winner has been crowned, and we look back and kind of reflect on just kind of March Madness, and we go, you know what? COVID only got one game out of the way. I think we can live with that. It's unfortunate for definitely the VCU, definitely. But, you know, just in the grand scheme of things, I think we can kind of be like, all right, this was this was a success, right? So truly unfortunate just for VCU. But very well done for Oregon. You're like, hey, we didn't even have to go out and play. We're going to be fresh for the first game or maybe out of rhythm. So we'll see how that plays out in the second round. Uh, I believe they play tomorrow. 
Alrighty, here we go. More March Madness news. I mean, yesterday. Well, let's start with this one because there were a lot of upsets in the first round here. Number 15 seed Oral Roberts advancing. 14 seed Albine Christian advancing. We called that one. 13 seed North Texas and 13 seed Ohio all advancing to the round of 32. And this is the first time four teams seeded 13 or worse have reached the round of 32 in a single NCAA tournament. So, I mean, that just kinds the kind of goes to show how crazy this year is in March Madness. We didn't get it last year, so now we got two years of March Madness to make up for, and this is how you do it. 15 seed, 14 seed, two 13 seeds, all making it to the next round, and hey, I'm all about it. And now, right now, Loyola Chicago possibly can upset Illinois because they're up 12 to 6 right now, uh, halfway through the first uh, half, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, our algorithm wasn't obviously the best this first round, but I mean, when we get all these upsets, you can't predict it. That just goes to show the unpredictability of March Madness. And we all know this, but, you know, it's fun to kind of go and explore different ways to kind of fill out your brackets and just kind of prove that whatever you're looking at, whatever kind of core values you watch in basketball, whether, you know, you're just going and guessing or kind of just breaking it down analytically, it really does not matter at the end of the day because anything can happen. So... That's what we got yesterday, and uh, here is the Albine Christian upsetting Texas at the free throw line, tied at 52 with a minute with one second left. He hits the last free throw. They go up one. Texas has to just do something. They throw up a prayer here. They can't even get it off. They inbound it. It's a half court inbound, and I hate these half court inbounds. I at least want a shot off with these half half court inbounds. You know, the ball is usually either tipped or you know loose for that second, so you can't really get a shot off or it's intercepted like this one is, just get it in, throw up that full court heave and live and die by the result. I want at least 1% of a chance with inbounding at half court. You have really kind of a 0% chance of even getting a shot off. At least if I can kind of inbound it at kind of the very back court, I can at least kind of throw up a prayer there and have at least, I would say, a 1% chance of the ball falling in. It's not a great 1% chance, but it's a chance. It's a 1% compared to a 0. So I see it all the time in, in the NBA and obviously March Madness. It's just frustrating. Let's like, let's learn, you know, let's get the shot off. I want the shot off. That's what if, I, if I'm the coach, I'm just like, get the shot off, get the shot off, give it, get the ball inbounds and get the shot off. I don't care how far it is. You better make, you better freaking make that full court shot. You understand me? We've got a second left. I'm not leaving first round. Um, all righty. Let's keep moving on here. And, hey, it worked, folks. This uh, whoever was – I don't even know the name of the uh, the uh, women's college basketball player that was kind of going out on TikTok and sh exposing the women's uh, weight room. But, uh, hey, it worked. She went on TikTok, you know, kind of demanded – not really demanded, but just was like, hey, what the hell is going on here? And they ended up getting a new weight room weight sets all just in time because the March Madness for the women kicks off today. And uh, they got this all yesterday. So, fantastic. Nice weight room. Nice benches. Free weights everywhere. They had bands everywhere. And an entire room like the men's side was. So, congratulations. The women's finally got equality. Finally. It's a little late. But, hey, better late than never, no? Let's try to get it on time next year. But, uh, hey, like she says, social media is powerful. Thank you all for all y'all support. So, fantastic. Hopefully, these... Uh, Damn, what school are they? Because I'm about to root for them. <laughs> I'm about to root for whatever school this is. I want to say Oregon? A girl, yeah, I think that's Oregon. All right, so root for Oregon in the NCAA Women's March Madness. 
And it's looking like Oregon squad there. They got it done. They got the job done. There it is. So fantastic. Everything works out in the end. Let's just get it on time next time. <laughs> All right. And then in the NBA, PJ Tucker first game with the Bucks was yesterday. And I really don't get the PJ Tucker to the Bucks, but whatever. I mean, the Bucks, they don't really need any more beef or defensive pieces. I mean, PJ Tucker is a strictly defensive piece. I mean, he's only, he never averages like more than six points a game. And that's through his entire season. That's not his game. Um, and I think the Bucks, where they fall short is kind of on their three point shooting a little bit. Everybody in Milwaukee is pretty beefy and they can all defend. You got Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton. Uh, yeah, PJ Tucker, I think it was coming off the bench in this game. We'll double check when we actually break down the game. Um, but I mean, they kind of, I want them to have better outside shooting. I, I don't look at the box and be like, oh my God, they need better defense or just kind of more beef down low. I'm like, no, they need better three point shooters and more consistent three point shooters than, you know, Dante DiVincenzo. Now that they have Drew Holiday back, yeah, you know, they could kind of get better at the three point shooting, but, uh, yeah, not really, uh, not really too big into this PJ Tucker pickup, but we'll see if, I mean, it worked yesterday. They won the game yesterday, so I guess we'll give it to them, but, uh, don't think this is going to help them win the championship. Don't think that, you know, ha having PJ Tucker is going to be able to beat that heat team. If we just kind of go back to just, you know, kind of replaying what happened last year in the bubble between the bucks and the heat when they met in the playoffs, I mean, I'm still going to choose the heat straight up. I mean, they've got the better firepower and that's what the bucks just kind of lack. They don't have that really great, consistent clutch three point shooters. Nobody's even clutch on the team. Giannis isn't even clutch. You can't even hit clutch free throws. We see that time and time again. So, um... <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's going to work, but hey, if they feel like they just needed another beef there in Milwaukee, obviously they did what they thought was the right thing to do, but I don't think they're going to get out of possibly, they'll probably get out of the first round because the the East isn't really that great besides the top four teams. But if we're talking about getting out of the second round, if you have to face the Heat again, they're going to beat you, unfortunately. So, PJ Tucker's in Milwaukee first game, but um, don't think it's really going to be overall too good. Alrighty, and then the worst news in the NBA from yesterday. Truly unfortunate here. A high ankle sprain for LeBron James. He ends up leaving the game early. They lose all together, and LeBron James is out indefinitely because of that. So expect probably at least two weeks, at least. And that's not great because Anthony Davis is still out. So now we have no LeBron and no AD. We cannot trust this Lakers team any, any. We can't even trust it one measly percent or one-tenth. We can't even count it .1%. I have to give them 0% chance of winning all their games until one of them return and kind of just until LeBron James returns because we know Anthony Davis is great, but you know, that that's why he came to LA with LeBron because he can't do it himself. No single big can win the championship or win consistently by themselves and LeBron James is just so great. So this Lakers team, man, and we are going to kind of make a little bit of an adjustment to our power rankings uh, in a minute. Once we get to the official NBA portion of the show, uh, we are going to be moving the Lakers out of the top 10 gonna have to move him out with no LeBron I've got I've got no confidence in that team absolutely not Alrighty, and then the last story to go over, Blake Griffin. He's about to play today, making his Nets debut. So, Blake Griffin has been upgraded to probable and is expected to make his Nets debut today against the Wizards. Now, that's great. I definitely want to see what this man can do. We know he's going to come off the bench. He's not going to be in the starting rotation. Um, so, I want to see how he's going to fare off the bench and how productive he can be. And if he stops the ball offensively or anything like that, or if he's actually good, can he get back to dunking? I don't want to see all those three. 
threes because he's like one of six from three on a nightly basis, which is not great. Um, more threes attempted than rebounds. So get under the glass, get those boards, be that kind of small power forward. And stop with all the threes. So we'll see how he goes tonight. But um, I got a great feeling that we're going to be taking the Nets minus some a lot of points here against the Wizards. And I'm all about it. Because first game for Blake Griffin, I think everybody steps it up just even a little bit more. Uh, just to try and, you know, get the win. Get some nice momentum with a new face. Alrighty, so that is all the stories we had to cover for today. Let's head over to what happened yesterday in the NBA. We'll do our moneymaker, um, and then we'll head over to uh, kind of resume our NFL draft prospect kind of countdown here. I know we had to kind of take a couple of days off because of March Madness, uh, but we're getting right back into the flow of things now that, you know, March Madness is not really starting to die down, but, you know, the first couple days, a lot to talk about, and every single day now is going to get a little bit less and less and less, so we've got more time in the show. Alrighty, so let's talk about the NBA last night. And here we go. So we'll quickly kind of go over what happened, and then we'll go a little bit deeper into the stats here. So Hawks and the Lakers first matchup up, and like we said, you know, we know LeBron James exits the exits the game. I think kind of like halfway through the second quarter, and unfortunately, the Hawks can't kind of overcome that. We know that we can't trust. I, there's nobody that I trust on this Lakers team besides LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Maybe Montrezl Harrell because I am a big fan of him and what he's doing here this season. But I'm not trusting Dennis Schroeder. I'm not trusting Kyle Kuzma. Definitely not trusting Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, I'm not going to trust him as kind of being the main guy there. I can trust him to be kind of the fifth, sixth option. That's fine. But when he has to become the first, yeah, no, thank you. So unfortunate loss here. And like I said, with the absence of LeBron James, I do not want the Lakers in our top 10 anymore. I mean, they just kind of proved it last night that they can't close out the game, uh, the games against the, um, the, the Hawks, and the Hawks are good. They're on the seven-game winning streak, but we looked at that winning streak. No really kind of powerhouse team, all kind of non-playoff teams or the eighth seed if they're even in the playoffs right now. So we know the Hawks team is fine. They're good, but uh, we're not truly too impressed with that seven-game winning streak. Um, but we are going to be moving the Lakers out of the top ten here. So we'll move the Blazers up from ten to nine where the, Bla where the Lakers were. And then for the new team, we're going to give it to the Hawks because they are on the eight-game winning streak. Um, they were kind of our 11th team outside looking in here in the power rankings. They just beat the Lakers straight up. No LeBron. I get all that, but we're going to give the Hawks a chance here. Let's see what they can do here officially in the top 10. We'll keep them at number 10. Uh, I just can't. We just can't keep the Lakers in here. Definitely without Anthony Davis uh, or definitely without not without LeBron James. I mean, no no way because they're, they're not going to win games. I mean, folks, they, this team is not good without LeBron James. So... Lakers, they end up losing 94 to 99. Can't get it done. So we'll move the Hawks up to that number 10th seed. Alrighty, 76ers and the Kings. 76ers win 129-105 over the Kings. Great night from the 76ers. Still no Joel Embiid, and they still get the job done. So the 76ers, I mean, they lost Joel Embiid at the right time. I mean, this 76ers team is facing really kind of not great teams currently, so they're kind of able to kind of win games without Joel Embiid. But once they start facing the Bucks and the Clippers and uh, now the Lakers, but the Jazz and the Nuggets, if they don't have Joel Embiid, do not expect them to kind of keep winning these games right here. So. So um, we'll see what they can do, kind of, you know. I, I, I want to see Joel Embiid get back as soon as possible. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with this 76ers team without him. 
Alrighty, Grizzlies getting back on track here, beating the Warriors 111-103. I mean, we wanted to stay away from this game in our moneymaker just because we can't really, we're not going to take in a back-to-back. -back. I mean, that's really never any great value. So, Grizzlies get the revenge over the Warriors. Warriors lose 103-111. Alrighty, Bucks and Spurs, and Spurs kept it close because of their defensive effort, but the Bucks are able to kind of close it out with P.J. Tucker. Uh, so the Bucks win 121-13, and then the last game of the night, the Clippers and the Hornets. Clippers just absolutely dominated against the Hornets, 125-98. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, this is kind of like the final straw for the Hornets with me. I do like them a lot, and I love to root for them. But when they have to face kind of the better teams, we cannot trust them. We cannot take any of their points. We always know they get kind of like plus six, seven, eight, nine points when they're facing the uh, the better teams in this league, and they really never even cover that. They always get blown out. So also they didn't have Cody Zeller in this game. Uh, we took our chance with the points with the Hornets yesterday but it, it did not pay off and I think we are officially done with the Hornets now unfortunately until they get a better big and can start being these better teams a little bit more consistently gotta stay away from them alrighty so let's go a little bit deeper into what happened yesterday so here we go <clears throat> Hawks and Lakers we'll start here with the Lakers I mean LeBron only played 10 minutes <laughs> went out in the first quarter 10 points, 4 assists in those 10 minutes. But then look at nobody else stepping up. I mean, Montrose Harold led the team in scoring and rebounds. Come on. this is I love this man. Don't get us wrong. We think he should be the sixth man of the year um, candidate, uh, top three candidate, honestly. But, um, I mean, 23 points and then nobody else gets it done. Dennis Schroeder doesn't go up and put 25-plus points up. I mean, scoring needs to come from somewhere if LeBron James is not on the floor. So people need to make up that scoring production. Kyle Kuzma, 8 points on 37% shooting. I mean, come on. Montrose Harold took more shots than Kyle Kuzma. Why is Kyle Kuzma not being more aggressive offensively? Uh, Dennis Schroeder, 16 points on 26% shooting. He doesn't step it up. 0 of 3 from 3. or 0 of, Yeah, 0 of 3 from 3. Alex Caruso only took 3 shots and only played 20 minutes. Uh, where's Taylor Horton Tucker? Taylor Horton Tucker only played 20 minutes and put up 9 points on 33% shooting on 12 shots. Wesley Matthews off the bench in 18 minutes, 9 points. I'll give him that one. That's not bad. But just nobody stepping up here. KCP, no points in 20 minutes. 0 of 5 shooting. So nobody steps it up. This is why you we cannot we will never trust this Lakers team, folks. Without without LeBron James, I will trust this team 0%. With LeBron James, I trust him 100%. With Anthony Davis, I trust him about 40%. But it's just really LeBron James. He brings everybody. He elevates everybody's play. He holds everybody accountable. His defense out there is fantastic. His offensive output is fantastic out there. Uh, truly unfortunate that he got injured. Damn. Alrighty, now let's go to the Hawks now. Trey Young, 14 points, 11 assists, did not shoot well, 33% on eight sheet, 18 shots and 0 of 7 from 3. So couldn't get it done from there. A little bailed out that uh, LeBron James got injured. Clint Capella, 8 points, 16 rebounds. I'll give him that. Uh, did not shoot well, but I'll give him the 16 rebounds. And look at this. John Collins has really been stepping it up here lately. 27 points. 16 rebounds, absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, John Collins, he's a huge part of this team. When he's on, this team is dangerous. Uh, so, very well done. Um, I mean, these last five games, I mean, he's put up some nice numbers. You know, 23 and 13, 18, 2 and 3, 7 and 16, 1 and 10. So, even if he's not getting it done on the... Um, 
Oh, man, that's uh, I was looking at plus minus. Where's the points at? Uh, points here. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I did not think they were this low, but I was looking at the plus minus. But here we go. John Collins these last five games, uh, sixteen points, five rebounds. 22 points, 13 rebounds, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 19 points, 3 rebounds, and 27 points, 16 rebounds. So if he's on, if he's getting it done on the glass and in the points column, really kind of the points column, we're fine with Clint Capella with the rebounds. Obviously, you know, if John Collins is getting rebounds, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. I'm not discouraging him from grabbing the rebounds, but we really want him in the points column. We need Trey Young to put up like the 25 and John Collins both to put up like the 25 plus points a game with having Clint Capella in the kind of 12 to 15 realm of points as well. If this team wants to win on a consistent basis because, you know, Kevin Huter really kind of shoddy. We just see him put up eight points and four rebounds on 27% shooting. Tony Snelly doesn't really put up a lot of points. That's really not his game too often uh, so we need scoring to come from somewhere we know we really can't rely too much on the bench Neil Gallinari in these last couple of games have really gotten it done off the bench we see him put up 18 points and four rebounds uh, so he got it done we really can't trust any anybody else. Solomon Hill had a decent game, nine points off the bench, and same thing with Bogdan Bogdanovich with ten points off the bench. So decent night here, but uh, we know we can't really trust it or expect it too often, especially against a better team. So Hawks, we're able to kind of move them into our power rankings here, but we got to start to see them beating full healthy teams here. All right. All righty, let's move on to the next game up here, the 76ers and the Kings now. Let's see what we got going on here. So the Kings not winning. <laughs> they do not win, unfortunately. Uh, so let's start here with the 76ers. Still no, um, um, still no Joel Embiid. And they also didn't have Ben Simmons for this game, and they still are able to pull out the win. So let's see who steps it up here. Um, also, no Seth Curry. Damn, they didn't have Seth Curry either. Alrighty, so a huge new kind of lineup here. Let's see who steps it up. So, Shake Milton gets elevated to the starting point guard position, 28 points and two assists. Uh, Matisse Thybulle gets elevated to the starting two, the starting shooting guard position, eight points, three assists, and seven rebounds. I'll take that. That's not bad on 50% shooting. Uh, Tony Bradley gets elevated to the starting five, uh, 14 points, eight rebounds. Tobias Harris still at the four, 29 points, eight assists, 11 rebounds. Can always count on that, man. That's why I love Tobias. Tobias Harris, man. Tobias Harris always steps up when nobody else is in the starting lineup. And uh, Joe Harris always really steps up as well. So two great players that are kind of the third, fourth option on the team. And they still get it done. So very well done. And then Danny Green, pretty good game. I'll give it to him. 18 points, three steals, two assists, three rebounds, and four of six from three and 53% overall. That's all we're asking. At least 15-plus points for Danny Green, hitting a very great percentage from three, and he steps it up here. So I'll give it to him. Great, great job stepping it up. And then off the bench... Dwight Howard, 10 points and 13 rebounds. Yes, sir. And uh, Tyrese Maxey, 9 points off the bench as well. So kind of a great night from everybody for the 76ers team. And this is why I like the 76ers team because they can all step it up without Joel Embiid. We've seen that kind of time and time again. We know it's or just kind of the past couple of games here. Uh, we know, you know they're not facing the best teams. They're facing very kind of lackluster teams. But still, that's that's good. You know, get building up your confidence to, you know, once we get to some better competitions, that's, what we, that's when the 
the true test is going to come when they have to face the best competition. But until then, they're winning these games kind of consistently against the, the weaker opponents. Everybody's kind of stepping up, stepping it up here. They're very deep, as we're seeing. I mean, they got no problem having, you know, Shake Milton and Matisse Stibiel step up instantly, still having Dwight Howard come off the bench, putting Tony Bradley up, and then you still get, you know, some good contributions here off the bench. With the 10 and 9 points by uh, Dwight Howard and uh, Tyrese Maxey. So missing three key players. Those three uh, bench players elevated to the starting position. All get it done. And they end up winning the game. So fantastic. Let's see who did not step up for this Kings team. De'Aaron Fox, 16 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds on 35% shooting. 0-4 from 3. Tyrese Halliburton gets elevated to the starting lineup. 11 points, 3 assists. Raquan Holmes, 10 points, 4 rebounds. Harrison Barnes, 12.7 rebounds. And Buddy Heal, 25 points, 3 assists, and 5 rebounds. He shot 52% in 7 of 13 from 3. Not bad, actually. That's pretty good. Um, unfortunately, just couldn't get it done defensively. So the 70s get, 76ers get the big old win. 24-point win there against the Kings. Alrighty, let's go to the Grizzlies and the Warriors now. <clears throat> we'll start here with the Grizzlies since they won. John Morant, 14 points, 8 assists on 25% shooting. Jesus, he did not have a good game. Uh, luckily, they uh, luckily they were able to squeeze out the win because he did not shoot well. Grayson Allen did not shoot well. 6 points, 8 rebounds on 22% uh, shooting. Jesus, oh my God. And then Dylan Brooks, 19 points on 25% shooting. They did not shoot well as a team. I will say that. Holy cow. Um, and then we get Justice Winslow off the bench, 4 points on 22% shooting. We got three players, four players, three of them starting, all shooting 25 or less percent. That's very not good. Um, luckily, Vucevic, or Valanchunas, 19 points, 15 rebounds. And Kyle Anderson, 13 points, 8 rebounds on 55% shooting. So they all got it done. They also did get some decent bench contribution from Brandon Clark. 16 points, 6 rebounds on 77% shooting off the bench. And then Desmond Bain, 15 points on 60% shooting off the bench. So that really kind of cleaned them up a little bit. And... Um, the Warriors shot a little bit worse, unfortunately. If you can even believe it, the Warriors shot even worse than what the Grizzlies did right there. So still no Steph Curry, unfortunately. Nobody else steps it up, obviously. Jordan Poole actually did step it up, <laughs> but nobody else besides that. Uh, 26 points for Jordan Poole, who got elevated to the starting guard position. Uh, 26 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds on 47% shooting. 3 of 9 from 3. Obviously not great, but not terrible. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., 12 points, 6 rebounds. He shot 30%, 4 of 13. I mean, he needs to start to step it up. I mean, honestly, without Steph Curry, Kelly Oubre Jr. should be the the best scoring player on this team without Steph Curry, but he doesn't do it. Ugh. Alrighty. Uh, new starting five here. Uh, we get uh, Allen Samalagic. He put up 3 points and no rebounds in only 8 minutes of play. Draymond Green, 7 points, 8 rebounds. And Andrew Wiggins, 20 points, 9 assists on only 28% shooting, though. Off the bench, their best score was Juan Toscano Anderson with 11 points. Not great. Not great. Yeah, so this Warriors team, I mean, without Steph Curry and not having James Wiseman coming off the bench, I mean, this is not a good team. They're not deep. They're not good. They're not consistent. They're not clutch. Really lackluster without their kind of starting people. You can't rely on, you know, like the 76ers where we can rely on them to kind of beat some of the kind of average to below average teams. We really can't even rely on the Warriors to beat anybody without Steph Curry. 
Alrighty, let's head on over to the Bucks and the Spurs, and let's see P.J. Tucker's first game with the Bucks. He comes off the bench in 12 minutes, no points, three rebounds, a minus one. I mean, that's his game, just defense, big old beef defense. We'll see if it works out. I don't think it's going to, like I've said, but, um, you know, I wish him the best. I mean, it's, any situation is better than being in Houston, so yes, obviously. Um, Alrighty, so the starting lineup here, Drew Holiday at 21 points, fantastic. They definitely need that on a nightly basis from this man, so great night from him. 21 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds. Dante DiVincenzo, 12 points, 13 rebounds. Once again, this is why I don't really understand the P.J. Tucker pickup, because you've got other players that can pick up these rebounds. Like, who's expecting Dante DiVincenzo to get 13 rebounds and shoot 1 of 7 from 3? That's the problem. The 3-point consistently, we know they can play defense. They're all, literally, everybody in this team is just beefy. If you take... This Bucks team compared to anybody else, just their starting five, you'd be like, damn, they, this is a noticeably more beefy team just all around. Like, this is everybody add, a, add like kind of, you know, 15 pounds of just mass on just everybody on the starting lineup compared to everybody else. So that's why I really don't understand the PJ Tucker pickup too much, but we'll see. Um, first game did decent. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not doubting him. I'm just doubting the 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 thought process of what's going to make this Bucks team win a championship. And I don't think it's B.J. Tucker. I don't think that's what they were missing. They need that three great three-point shooter, and they don't have it. Alrighty, so Don DiVincenzo, 12 points and 13 rebounds. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 11 points, 4 rebounds. Giannis, 26 points, 15 assists, 8 rebounds. He shot 2 of 5 from 3. Jeez, okay. And 6 of 7 from the free throw line. Alrighty. Alright, I really don't want to see Giannis taking 5 threes, but he had 2 of them this game. Better than what he's been doing. Um, and then Chris Middleton to round out the starters. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He shot 3 of 4 from 3, so he was on. Alrighty, then off the bench, Pat Connaughton, 11 points, 6 rebounds. Brian Forbes, 10 points off the bench, yeah. So, I mean, once again, like, they've got no great scores off the bench. Yeah, Pat Connaughton and Brian Forbes both had double-digit scoring, but we're not going to expect that from P.J. Tucker. We're just going to expect the defense. Bobby Portis is hit and miss here. He put up six points this game. We need more from him. So, I don't – I really don't – oh, my goodness. I do not get the P.J. Tucker pickup. Ugh. Uh, Alrighty, let's move on to the Spurs now. DeMar DeRozan, 22 points, 13 assists, three rebounds. Keldon Johnson, 17 points, 4 assists, 8 rebounds on 46% shooting. Jacob Podol, 8 points, 6 rebounds. Lonnie Walker, 31 big old points on 61% shooting. Fantastic. 31 points and 6 rebounds. And Derek White, 6 points on 21% shooting. Unfortunate there. 6 assists and 4 rebounds. Now off the bench, some decent performances here. Rudy Gay put up 15 points. Drew Eubanks put up 7 and uh, Dan, Dean Vassell put up seven as well. Unfortunately, no Patty Mills, no DeJounte Murray for the Spurs team. And that's kind of why they lost the game. I mean, you give me Patty Mills and DeJounte Murray, I mean, that's scoring output that the Spurs needed. And, I mean, they only lost by seven. So, if you get a full Spurs healthy team here, I don't know if the Bucs beat them with B.J. Tucker, their addition of P.J. Tucker, their secret weapon of P.J. Tucker. I'm not, I'm not buying it, folks. I'm not buying it. All right, let's, let's break down the last game of the night, the Clippers and the Hornets. Here we go. Let's start with the Clippers since they won. Kawhi Leonard, 17 points, 4 steals, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. Great game by him. Unfortunately, he shot 0-4 from 3, but everything else was classic Kawhi Leonard right there. Maybe a little light in the points, but uh, they still got it done, and really everybody was contributing here. So, 
Marcus Morris, 13 points, 4 rebounds. Zubak, 20 points, 5 rebounds. Paul George, 21 points, 10 assists. All right, led the team in scoring. Fantastic. Finally, Paul George does something for this team, right? 57% overall from the field and 4 of 8 from 3. Reggie Jackson, 7 points, 2 assists, 5 rebounds. Not a great night by him. Um, but look at this bench, folks. Lou Williams, 15 points. Nicholas Batum, 11 points, 5 rebounds. And Terrence Mann, 16 points, 4 rebounds. And let's shout out Luke Kennard as well. He put up 8 points in 6 minutes. So Clippers are all able to get it done. Now let's go to the Hornets. What went wrong with them? 13 points for LaMelo Ball with 5 rebounds and 2 assists. Did not shoot well. 1 of 4 from 3 at 33% overall. Terry Rozier only put up 8 points on 20% shooting. That will do it right there. We need Terry Rozier to put up at least at least 20 points. Bismick Biombo gets the starting uh, center position here with Cody Zeller being out. And he put up 6 points and 7 rebounds. Minus 19 on the floor as well. Not great by him. P.J. Washington, uh, kind of trash performance as well. 6 points, 3 rebounds on 30% shooting. And then Gordon Hayward, 17 points, led the Led the starters in scoring with 17 points and 8 rebounds. And then Miles Bridges off the bench had a great production. 21 points off the bench with 4 assists and 3 rebounds. On 63% shooting, but it is just kind of unfortunate. P.J. Washington didn't get it done. Terry Rozier didn't get it done. So without those two, I mean, we need kind of a 30-point uh, production from both of those, from kind of the combined of those two players. Kind of probably more towards the 40. Give me 20 for both of those players. But uh, none of those, Terry Rozier and P.J. Washington, have lackluster games. And that's why they lose. So unfortunate there. That's why we can't buy this Hornets team too much. Can't buy them too much. Alrighty, let's see what's on tap today in the NBA. That was all the NBA from last night. We get uh, Pacers and Heat tipping off at 1 o'clock. That's eight minutes out, so hopefully we will, well, we will try to get that moneymaker in because we got a 1 o'clock NBA game. We got a 2 o'clock NBA game, Thunder Rockets. We got a 3 o'clock NBA game, Pelicans Nuggets. We got a 30, 3.30 NBA game, Magic and Celtics. We got a couple of 7 o'clocks with the Wizards and Nats, Raptors, Cavs, Bulls, Pistons. We got a couple of 8. We got one 8, uh, eight o'clock game, 76ers and the Knicks. We got a couple of 10 o'clock games, Lakers, Suns. Ooh, Lakers got to play in a back-to-back without LeBron James against the Suns. Yikes. And the Blazers and the Mavericks. All righty. I'm liking a couple of games already that I think we're going to be swallowing a lot of points for, and we've got no problem doing that. So here we go. Let's uh, get our moneymaker right for today's NBA action. First game up, tipping off at 110. Here we go. Pacers in the heat. Pacers plus 3.5. Heat minus 3.5. Everybody's good to go for the Pacers. Where the heat, Udonis Haslam's out. Do y'all have to say he's out? We know he's out. Oh, he's out with COVID-19, unfortunately. Um, Andre Iguodala, game time decision. Goran Dragic out. Oh, Goran Dragic out. That is huge, folks. That is huge. We know that we. the only way we like this heat team is if Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic both play because they're the most consistent players on that team. Can never trust Duncan Robinson. Can't really trust Tyler Hero. So I'm going to take the Pacers plus three and a half here. We don't really love anything about the Pacers too much, but we're getting points here. Um, no Goran Dragic, so I think the Heat are going to be a little lackluster on the scoring department. 
Karis Levert is kind of back in action here for this Pacers team. The only thing that is giving us a little pause here is that this is a back-to-back -back here for this Pacers Heat. They just played on Friday where the Pacers won by 27 points, so you would expect the Heat to be a little bit better in this game, but we're going to swallow it here. Because of no Goran Dragic, we still feel good about the Pacers plus 3.5. So Pacers plus 3.5, we will lock that in for today's 1 o'clock game. Alrighty, let's move on to the next matchup here. Thunder and the Rockets. Thunder plus four and a half. Rockets. Rockets are minus points here. What are they nuts? They everybody better be out for this Thunder team, or we will be hammering it hard. Or maybe Christian Wood is uh, available with everybody. So let's see who's uh, good to go for this game. So for the Thunder, Al Horford is out. George Hill is out. Oh, Shea Gills Alexander's out. Oh, yeah, we got, definitely got to stay away from this Thunder game. Darius Baisley's out. Now for the Rockets, Eric Gordon's out. David Waba's out. So, okay, we get another game. Well, we get. I think this is the first game back of Christian Wood, Victor Oladipo, and John Wall. So we'll see how they perform. They should have good success, but they've also lost P.J. Tucker since the last time that big three played together. They're not going to have a big off the bench anymore because they're looking to get rid of uh, their other big. Um, who was it? Or did they already get rid of their other big? It's um, DeMarcus Cousins. They already got rid of him. Or they're trying to get rid of him, whatever it is right now. But um, So I don't know if, how great their backup big's going to be, but is it going to make a difference because Shea Gills Alexander's out? So going to stay away from this one. Can't trust this Rockets minus 4.5. Can't trust the Thunder plus 4.5 without Shea Gills Alexander. So we'll stay away from this one. We'll kind of, you know, use this one to kind of help us out a little bit here. Oh, we get a nice lob here from Illinois trying to cut this deficit down. We're about to go into halftime right now. Two seconds left. Loyola Chicago, a three at the buzzer does not go. So halftime officially here. Loyola Chicago leads 33-24 to 24 over Illinois here. So we'll keep an eye on this one as we progress through the show, but... Back to our moneymaker here. We do not like the Thunder or the Rockets, so we'll move on to the Pelicans and Nuggets here. Pelicans plus six, Nuggets minus six. Let's see who are in and who are out. Uh, Lonzo Ball, a game-time decision, and J.J. Redick is still out. And then for the Nuggets, Gary Harris and Monte Morris both out. So kind of the usual suspects out for the Pelicans and the Nuggets over this past couple of games here. If Lonzo Ball is out for that Pelicans team, um, that's not going to be too great. But, um, you know, we know really just Eric Bledsoe is the one that's really kind of holding them back a little bit here. Uh, the Pelicans, they can never beat anybody good, folks. I mean, when was their last good win? Let's kind of, if I can find that very quickly. On a two-game losing streak, just lost to the Blazers twice. Uh, they beat the Clip. Oh wow, they beat the Clippers. All right, they beat the Clippers. That's a solid win. I'll give them that one. Uh, but then they beat the Cavs, lost to the Timberwolves, lost to the Heat, lost to the Bulls. They did beat the Jazz. All righty, okay, okay. Um, all righty, okay. So those are pretty two good games there. Um, Two wins there. Uh, but um, Pelicans plus six. I don't feel confident taking the Pelicans really plus any points here. So we'll stay away from this one. Nuggets minus six may be the better play here. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll move on. Alrighty, then we get the, the Magic and the Celtics. Magic plus eight and a half. Celtics minus eight and a half. Interesting. Um, would never trust the Celtics minus any of those points. And the way that Aaron Gordon's been playing uh, since he's kind of getting back solid here for the Magic. I think we might take some points here, but let's see who's in and out first. Alrighty, Terrence Ross is out for the Magic. James Ennis and Michael Carter-Williams are both game-time decisions. 
And now for the Celtics, Tristan Thompson's out and Romeo Langford is out. So they're going to be a little bit not big there. Vucevic should be able to eat all day down low for this Magic team. And we get eight and a half points. Yes, sir. What, this Celtics team is on like an eight game or like a five game losing streak, aren't they? We can't trust this Celtics team. Three game losing streak, five and five in the last 10. Cannot trust them at all. Give me the Magic, who are trying to make it work back with Aaron Gordon in the starting lineup. We'll take the eight and a half points. They may not win, but I don't think the Celtics blow them out. I mean, the Celtics team, they haven't been able to beat anybody since the All-Star break. Ever since Marcus Mark came back into the starting kind of rotation, they don't know how to work offensively with him back. So, going to take them a couple of games here. Not ready to buy the Celtics team quite yet. We'll take the eight here for the, for the Magic. Alrighty, then we get to Washington in the Nats. Wizards versus the Nats. Wizards plus 8.5. Nets minus 8.5. We told you this is Blake Griffin's first game. Um, Ish Smith is out and Davis Burtons is out for the War Wizards. We do like Davis Burtons, uh, but he's out. Alright, uh, Blake Griffin, game time decision. Kevin Durant is out. Jeff Green is a game time decision. So, yes, sir, we can return this. It's been off a little bit, and we haven't been taking it. We've been kind of staying away from the Nets a little bit here, but I think they get back on track today, and this is we can do the segment again. We can do this, this segment again. Bat the Nets big, folks. Love it here. Blake Griffin's first game. Uh, for the Nets, Kyrie, James Harden, still good to go. Everybody else is really good to go besides Kevin Durant, which is fine. We They haven't had Kevin Durant the entire season. So we've got no problem with Nets swallowing 8.5 points here. We'll swallow that. Nets minus 8.5, folks. Absolutely love it. Back betting the Nets big. How great. How great. <laughs> All righty. Let's move on here. Bulls and Pistons. Bulls minus 3. Pistons plus 3. Probably stay away from this one. The Bull or the Pistons, I believe, have been rising. No, two-game winning streak. Two-game winning streak. Yes, sir, for them. So fantastic. Uh, while the Bulls are on a two-game losing streak, uh, let's see who's in and out. Garrett Temple is out for the Bulls, and for the Pistons, Wayne Ellington is out. Rodney McGruder's out. Jaleel Okafor is still out. Hamadio Diallo is out. That's kind of big for them. Um, so we're going to stay away from this one. Can't trust either of these players. Um, starting to kind of see a little bit more of Thaddeus Young in the starting lineup for the Bulls, which I do like. Uh, but this Pistons team is streaking a little bit, so we'll stay away from that one. Alrighty, then we get Raptors in the Cavs. Raptors minus 7.5. Cavs plus 7.5 here. Alrighty. Let's see the ins and outs. Everybody's going to go for the Raptors. Love seeing that. I mean, we know we've seen, you know, Fred Van Vliet and Siakam and OG and Newby out kind of with the COVID-19. They've all kind of been getting back on track here, but officially everybody's going to go for them. Cavs. Uh, Kevin Love is back out. JaVale McGee is a game-time decision. Matthew Dellavedova is a game-time decision. So haven't really liked what we've been seeing so far from the Cavs. Um, their offense hasn't really been anything great or consistent. Their only really win since the All-Star break it was against the Celtics, who we know is kind of a very lackluster team. That's why we're taking the Magic plus 8.5 points here. So not ready to trust this Cavs team yet. Not going to swallow the Raptors 7.5 here because I don't trust the Raptors either. They're not even in the playoff hunt right now. It's really just not really a great team performance overall on a nightly basis. At least two, one player is going to take off or not be where they need to be for this Raptors team to win. So no real great value there, so we'll stay away from it. Alrighty, then we get the 76ers and the Knicks. Alrighty, 76ers minus one, Knicks minus one. The last time these two teams played, I mean, the Knicks almost won it. They kind of beefed it in the fourth quarter late. Uh, but now we know no Joel Embiid for the 76ers. Ben Simmons is a game-time decision. Seth Curry is still out. 
Uh, for the Knicks, Derrick Rose is out. Austin Rivers is out. Alfred Payton is a game-time decision. So, I mean, we've been seeing kind of how well the 76ers have been playing without Joel Embiid. Um, let's see what their opponents have been for the last couple of games here because I think this Knicks team could be the the toughest opponent that the 76ers have faced thus far without Joel Embiid. So they've beaten the uh, they played against the Kings. They uh, okay, they played against the Bucks. And they just faced the Knicks the other night without Joel Embiid, no? Yeah, without Joel Embiid, they faced the Knicks, and uh, they ended up winning. They still ended up beating the Knicks 99-96 to at home. Knicks are at home in this game, so we'll stay away from it. Just kind of too too many uncertainties here for the 76ers because if Ben Simmons is in, you know, that's great defense. If he's out, that's the team gets a little bit worse, and now we have to have Danny Green step up again. Is he going to have two good games back-to-back? -back? Probably not. So we'll stay away from this one. Knicks plus one. Going to root for the Knicks here, but um, no real great value here. Alrighty, and then we get uh, the Lakers and the Suns. Lakers plus 9.5. No thank you at all. Uh, Suns minus 9.5. If everybody's in for the Suns, we're swallowing the 9.5 points. We got no problem with that. So LeBron James obviously out. Marcus All is a game time decision. And Anthony Davis is still out. And then for the Suns, just Torrey Craig is a game time decision. So we will be swallowing the Suns minus 9.5. They have a chance to... Try to make the uh, the the separation between the one and the two seed. The Suns are currently two and a half games back out from the Jazz there for the number one seed in the Western Conference. So the Suns have a chance to go and try to close that gap a little bit more. They have a chance to go and kind of embarrass kind of right now a high kind of caliber team in the Western Conference, even though we all know, know LeBron James. But just kind of the big picture, the team, the team's record. It's not just LeBron James on the team. The team's record is number four in the West still, right? Number four, number three, even better. Um, so we've got no problem swallowing the nine and a half here for the Suns. Expect them to kind of kind of make a statement on just kind of the Lakers team overall by saying, hey, we're going to blow you out. All right, and then the last game of the night, the Mavericks and the Blazers. Mavericks minus two, Blazers plus two. Wow, I did not think the spread would be that close, and I did not think, uh, I thought we would get a little bit more points here with the Blazers, so a little unfortunate there. Alrighty, for the Mavericks, James Johnson's out, Willie Colney Steen is out, and Terry Terrell Terry is out. And then for the Blazers, just Nurchich and Zach Collins out. But this is a huge game. They, this is a back-to-back, -back, so unfortunately, I am going to stay away from it. I know we probably should be staying away from the Pacers and the Heat back-to-back -back as well, but uh, the difference is that uh, this Mavericks and Portland Blazers team, everybody's healthy, everybody's going to go, where for the Heat and Pacers, Goran Dragic is still out for the Heat, so I can't trust their offensive production. I can trust both the Blazers and the Mavericks' offensive production here, so this is a huge game for the Blazers. If they can sweep this kind of back-to-back -back series with the Mavericks, that will tell me a lot about them. But if the Mavericks come back, I mean, we, we know this Mavericks team is starting to rise a little bit more here. So huge game here for really both teams. Mavericks lose. They fall out of that kind of number eight spot in the Warriors takeover. If the Blazers win, they have a chance to move up to that fifth seed and overpower the Nuggets. So it's going to be interesting here. A lot of kind of, um, ah, damn, I'm pissed. I really want to watch this game. I wish it was on TV, nationally televised game. So we'll have to... Uh, We'll leave it at that. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, alrighty. So, nice little four-teamer we got going on here. Uh, Pacers plus three and a half. Magic plus eight and a half. Nets minus eight and a half. And Suns minus nine and a half. So, swallowing a lot of points against great with great teams against kind of lesser opponents. Getting great value with the Pacers and the Magic against kind of, you know, average or kind of, you know, um, 
evenly matched up teams in my opinion. So great value here all across the board. Nice little moneymaker here. Put 100 bucks on it. You went 1200 bucks. Fantastic. So feeling real good about this. Alrighty, let's head over to our NFL Draft prospect of the day. We are on a 73-day NFL Draft countdown. Um, we had to take a couple of days off because of March Madness to be able to kind of fit all of that in. So we had to take a couple of days off. I think we took about uh, maybe five days off of watching uh, a breaking down NFL draft prospects. So, you know, if we can kind of make up those at some point, you know, now until the NFL draft, I'm sure we will. I'm sure, you know, draft week will kind of go a little bit more heavy in it and kind of make up all those players. But uh, we're back today, and that's all that matters, right? So the draft prospect we're going to be looking at today is Terrence Marshall Jr., wide receiver from LSU. Now we all know Jamar Chase from LSU, but we get Terrence Marshall here that we're going to be breaking down. <clears throat> so we'll look at the stats. We'll look at some highlights. We'll take some notes if we need to and see if this man is worthy of our teams to be drafting him. First pick, first round, second round, not at all. Should we be passing? If they draft this man, will you be like, Ugh. Or you'd be like, oh yeah, Super Bowl champions instantly. So we'll see. So here we go. Terrence, Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver from LSU. He's 6'3", folks. Yes, sir. That's fantastic. Honestly, in a perfect world of how I build my football team, I want my all my wide receivers to be kind of taller than 6'2". I would like 6'3 and above, and I want all my linebackers fast as heck. That's kind of the two things I look for when I want to just, if I'm drafting my own team, I want tall wide receivers and I want fast linebackers. So we get a nice little tall wide receiver right here. All right, he's got three seasons at LSU. All right, so here we go. Fresh, freshman year 2018, he had... Uh, 192 yards, no touchdowns. So didn't get a lot of burn in 2018. Then came 2019, 46 receptions for 671 yards, 13 touchdowns. Fantastic there. And then just came this season in only seven games. So he had 12 games with 46 receptions in 2019. And then 2020, because of the COVID, not a lot of games. He played seven games, so five less games, 48 receptions, two more receptions in 2019, and then almost uh, about uh, 60 more yards with 731 yards. So getting better every single season. The touchdowns did come down a little bit from 13 in 2019 to 10 in 2020, but you're playing less games and you still had more yards and still had more receptions. So I've got really no problem with your touchdowns coming down a little bit. Now, what I do have a little bit of a problem with offensively for um, LSU and Terrace Marshall, we know that Jamar Chase did not play any minutes, any games here in the 2020 season. So, um, you know, not great that the touchdowns went down a little bit. I understand the less games, but, uh, you know, if you were, you know, now the true number one without um, Jamar Chase probably maybe be elevated a little bit more but it's hard to it's hard to compare because he only you know played seven games so Alrighty, he played in two bowl games here in his career here didn't get to a bowl game in 2020 unfortunately I do want to kind of see how many games LSU played in 2020 so uh, Terrace Marshall played seven let's see how many games LSU played they played 10 so looks like he may have not played in their bowl games if they got to one which I don't know if they did but either way, he did not play all games. He probably opted out at the end of the season, like 
everybody else did. Um, alrighty, so let's go to these 2018 and 2019 bowl games by Terrence Marshall. We expect you to be very good in these bowl games. We value bowl games heavily because in the regular season, you probably play face very bad defenses because all of college football usually has bad defenses. Uh, but then in the bowl games, you're facing a comparable opponent, plus you get three weeks to a month to prepare, so there's no reason why you should be off. So 2018, we know he didn't get a lot of burn, but let's see what he still did here in the bowl game. Um, okay, this isn't even the bowl game, so he didn't even play in the bowl game, it looks like. Unfortunate. Okay. Just their last game, holy cow. Their last game against Texas A&M in 2018, the score was 72-74. to 74. Holy cow. Oof. Let's see how many points he had. He had one reception for eight yards in that game. So we obviously know he wasn't getting a lot of burn, not getting a lot of targets there his freshman year. So we can kind of excuse that. But we want to see something good in 2019. This is probably his best year overall. So let's see what he did. Got to a bowl game, got to the playoffs. So let's see how he worked in here. Alrighty, 2019 bowl game against Georgia. They get the win. He had five receptions for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, sir, getting it done. And then with that, they get to the college football playoffs against Oklahoma. They go, they win. He had six receptions for 80 yards and two touchdowns again. Yes, sir. And then they get to the national championship game against Clemson. Get the win. He had three receptions, 46 yards, and still one touchdown, though. Alrighty. Let's see how many points they scored. They scored 42 points in the entire game. So not bad. Not going to him a lot. Let's see how many um, touchdowns Jamar Chase had. Jamar Chase had two touchdowns. Thaddeus Moss had two touchdowns. Terrence Marshall had one touchdown. Least amount of yards. Well, Thaddeus Moss only had 36, and Terrence Marshall had 46 yards. So they kind of, and they had Justin Jefferson. Man, this, oh my God, this LSU receiving class. Holy cow. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. We just saw him, you know, make a huge splash for the Vikings. Thaddeus Moss, he's going to be great. I think he's coming in this year's draft or next year's draft. And then Terrence Marshall Jr., who we're talking about today. Um, what's Daddy Smoss got? I think he's, I think he's good for this draft. No, uh, I think he's got one more year. Alrighty. Or maybe not. 2016 and then 2019. Mm, okay. I'm gonna have to do a little bit more research on this man. I don't know if he's draft eligible, but, uh, alrighty. So back to, um, Terrence Marshall. <laughs> So, pretty good here in the bowl game stretch, in the playoff stretch. I mean, uh, five touchdowns in three games. These The highest three games that you play in college bowl game with two straight playoff games for the national championship win. Um, let's quickly go back to this uh, Georgia game, the bowl, the bowl game against Georgia, and kind of see what he how he stacked up with the other great wide receivers on that uh, LSU team. Alrighty, so Justice Jefferson against... Georgia in the bowl game. Justin Jefferson had seven catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. And then Terrence Marshall was the second leading wide receiver for this game with five catches, 89 yards and two touchdowns. Then came Jamar Chase with three catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Alrighty. And then let's go to the first playoff game against Oklahoma. See how they stacked up here. They put up 63 points. Oh my God. Joey B was slinging this around. Could you imagine Joe Burrow and having your freaking wide receivers be Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall, and Thaddeus Moss? Oh my gosh. And then you still have freaking um, Clyde Edwards Halar as your running back. 
wild. Stacked team, stacked team. No, no doubt. There are really kind of no reason why they shouldn't have won the freaking uh, national championship. Alrighty, so here we go. Justin Jefferson, still the highest leading receiver in this in this uh, playoff game. 14 catches for 227 yards, four touchdowns. Then came Terrence Marshall, six touchdown, six catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Then came Thaddeus Moss, four catches, 99 yards and a touchdown. Alrighty. Alrighty, so, I mean, Terrence Moss was always kind of the second option here, kind of going to Justin Jefferson a little bit more over him, but Terrence Marshall was still getting it done, so we'll take that. So some good stats here, 23 touchdowns in the last kind of two years of his career, and as, as we know, the 2020 season was a little lackluster because of obvious reasons. Alrighty, so the stats are there. We're good with the stats there. Um, so now let's go to the, some highlights and see how this man is looking. The stats are good, but how is the film looking? So we got a nice little nine-minute highlight package from this man. Let's see how this man's working. Is he good? Is he living up to his stats? So here we go. Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver from LSU. Number is six, just in case we have to watch him around the field. So here we go. Uh, let's, uh, keep it in, not full screen. So here we go. Terrence Marshall, folks. Alrighty, first play up against Mississippi State. Alrighty, nice little kind of five-yard dunk. Nothing great there, just a classic catch, if you will. Alrighty, now going down the field a little bit more. Yes, sir, able to get behind the defense, so the speed should be there a little bit more. And this isn't the best throw. It's a little underthrown right here. A little underthrown. And we're able to kind of see him track the ball, slow down a little bit, come back to it a little bit more, and make the shorthanded catch here. So fantastic. And then we get a nice little breakdown. So let's just watch him right here. He's just kind of in the slot a little bit. Just instantly beats that defender on him. Defender's a little flat-footed. Great speed to kind of finish it off. Alrighty, let's watch this man work a little bit at the very bottom of the screen right here. The corner is respecting him. They're giving him about uh, seven yards of separation right here. It is starting five, so everybody's kind of guarding the first down line. But look at this. I mean, just look at what he's giving up here. Getting the first down, getting kind of hit as soon as, you know, he's maybe a half a yard shy with this catch. As soon as he catches it, he's maybe a half a yard shy, but the defender can't close out and bring him down kind of fast enough. Terrence Marshall's a little bit too big. As we said, he's 6'3", so that's some nice beef for a wide receiver here. Able to pick up the first down on 35. All righty. Yes, sir. Look at this one, folks. Nice little 40-yard dime in the back of the end zone there. One-handed catch here as he's fending off another defender. Yes, sir. Terrence Marshall. And just look at the size difference between him and this corner right here. And I know this is college, but still, this is 6'3 size here, folks. This is fantastic. Able to beat off that. Re <laughs> Let's rephrase that. Able to kind of beat the, re the defender there. And get the touchdown back of the end zone. Fantastic catch. Great concentration. Let's watch this. It's just straight speed. It's just straight speed. They can't keep up with it. He ends up breaking it, beating the defender at the last kind of two yards before the end zone. Get that nice separation and score the touchdown. All right. Working on a nice little slant here over the middle of the field. Secure catch. Nothing too great about that. But now we get in the red zone against Vanderbilt. Let's see this man. I want to see one-on-one -on -one matchups here. One-on-one -on -one matchups in the back of the end zone. It's two-on-one, but he gets great positioning here. Able to kind of be in front of all the defenders right there and make the catch in traffic. Yes, sir. Sure hands. All righty. 
All right, go. All right, that's the same play. I mean, look at that. Look at that catch. Literally, I mean, going right into traffic over the middle of the field and still able to make the catch. Great job there. And once again, the height and just the length plays into this a little bit more. I mean, fires it into kind of double coverage, and he's able to kind of make his way in the front of that safety real quick. So very well done. All righty, against Vanderbilt again, going deep, just wide open, and can he finish it off? Yes, sir, he's got finishing speed. Yes, sir, he finishes off the last kind of 25 yards here. This corner, the safety couldn't get him for those last 25 yards, so the speed is good, the height is great. Sure hands. We'll say sure hands. Let's take another. Let's keep watching before we designate sure hands. I want to see him kind of going over the middle, taking a big shot, so we can definitely kind of say sure hands for this man. Alrighty, in the red zone against Missouri, a one-on-one -on -one matchup, back of the end zone. Oh, wide open! Did he get two feet down? Ref initially calls that incomplete. What are you nuts? That's at least one foot. I want to see two. That's one. Oh, couldn't squeeze that second one in there. All right, got to work on that a little bit more, but that's definitely one foot down. I mean, just look at this, man. Wide open in the back of the end zone, back corner of the end zone. Look at that. Great ball. Fantastic ball, too. Woof. Alrighty. Would have liked to see him get both feet in bounds, but that's one. That's one down possession before he steps out. All right. Alrighty, against Missouri again from about the 50-yard line midfield, tied 7-7. Seven, seven. Let's see what play they're going to run here. Quarterback escapes the pocket, fires it all the way down the field, and there he is. Yes, sir. Wide open. Decently, decently open. Won't say wide open. We'll get a greater look right here. Just kind of floating all the way to the right sideline. And there he is. Yes, sir. Fantastic catch. Now down at the two-yard line in the red zone. Come on. I want another 50-50 ball. I want to see the 50-50 balls right here. All right, he's still not truly 50-50, but comes back to the ball a little bit here. Just a big target. I mean, folks, we're talking about 6-3 in the red zone. Brady loves going to Mike Evans in the red zone, and Mike Evans is 6-5, folks. So, yes, we want tall, nice, beefy wide receivers out here to help us in the goal line, to help us with the 50-50 balls down the field. Look at this one. Oh, this is a fantastic ball, fantastic throw, fantastic catch. Great everything right here. Oh, I hope we get a replay of this one from a different angle. I want to see this one again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That angle didn't do it justice. This angle did it a little bit better. I mean, just initial. What is that safety doing? Garbage help over the backside. But, um, I mean, he sees it open instantly. He puts enough air under the ball to get it over both defenders. Great ball in a great concentration. Great closing speed. You're not going to catch him. You're not going to catch him. So, he does have great speed. Love it. Man. We got to see what this man's going to run in the 40 because if he runs like a 4-4-4-5-40 at 6-3, you get this man all day on your team. Woof. All righty. Oh, another look here. A third look. Yes, that's fantastic. Woof. All righty. I'm big, I'm big about Terrence Marshall right now. Damn. 
some nice wide receiver depth. Obviously, we have all got, you know, Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase and uh, Jalen Waddle, but add Terrence Marshall to this kind of top wide receiver uh, class right here. Nice little wide receiver screen. What can he do here? Shifting in and out. Nice 15-yard pickup here. This is great. I mean, this is kind of the direction the NFL is moving in a little bit. A lot of kind of more wide receiver screens, especially kind of with the emergence of these great kind of running dual-threat quarterbacks of Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray getting the ball out of the quick their hands quickly you know a lot of read option at the line of scrimmage just kind of quickly everything five ten yards within the uh, line of scrimmage and whoa right here overruns all three defenders right here beautiful ball great catch kind of extending a little bit here great concentration unfortunately kind of falls extending for the ball but hey I mean a great for oh my goodness getting open Oof. Just runs right up the seam. I mean, he's got good speed, folks. A lot of corners, a lot of safeties underestimating this man's speed and being flat-footed as soon as he gets to him and then just running right by him after that. All right, against Missouri still. Nice little slant. Ah, oh, gets brought down. So he can't really break too many tackles. He's got great break, breakaway speed if he's already kind of, you know, two yards ahead of a defender. But if the defender's right on, oh, my God, what a great catch right here. Very low ball as he's kind of making his way all the way to the right side. And a great catch. Shore hands. I'm calling it shore hands. We're ready to call it. Shore hands. Yeah, that's a great catch. Holy cow. Great catch, and then just to get up field is just one great motion of coming all the way down for the catch, getting his head back up, uh, advancing the ball for another kind of three yards after the catch. Fantastic work. Alrighty, they're down four here against Missouri with four minutes left. Second and seven makes a great catch for the first down. Hopefully we can keep seeing more of this game. I want to see him kind of winning, have the game-winning touchdown. We could have it right here. Four, 50 seconds left, down four. LSU going deep one-on-one -on -one matchup. Yes, sir. Down at the one-yard line. Couldn't quite punch it in. No. No. But they're down at the one. Look at this man work. Oh, just short of that first down, darn. Great catch there. Defender all over him. Ball just got there. Before the hands of the defender clamp on his hands. Terrence Marshall, folks. Alrighty. We, we know he's down at the one. <laughs> we know he's down at the one. He didn't not get in. I don't think he got in. They showing he got in? No, no way he got in. No way. Short. Ugh, alrighty. Well, hang on. I got to see what happened there. Did they, did they win that game? They win that game against uh, Missouri. Was that this year? I don't know when they this year was. Let's see. They faced Missouri this season. They ended up losing. Is it the same game? Wow, they lost. Oh, no. They get stuffed at the one-yard line? No way. Darn. Darn. Man, oh, man. Can I break down the, the plays? It was 50 seconds left on the one-yard line. Y'all couldn't push it in. You didn't throw a 50-50 ball. A nice little one-step drop. Give it to freaking Terrence Marshall at the one-yard line. Come on. I would have ran him as my fullback. Fullback dive with Terrence Marshall at the fullback position. Let that man run it in. Wow. If he couldn't stretch the ball over the end zone, couldn't get the win. 
All right, I think that might be a little bit of a knock, not stretching the ball over the end zone. Do we call that a knock? You just lost the game for your team, kind of. You couldn't get The team couldn't get it done after that. Damn. All righty. Let's continue on here against South Carolina now. Nicely done. Back of the end zone wide open. Cash. This is what I throw on freaking uh, on the one-yard line against the last game that we just saw. This is what I throw right here. One-on-one. -on -one, or just back of the end zone. I'll trust him to go up and get it. Great separation there. Great play design. Natural pick. Bingo, bango. Two feet down. That's the two feet we're talking about. All righty. Still against South Carolina right here. Nice little slant. Stays on his feet, and he's gone. If he stays on his feet, he's gone, folks. If he could stay on his feet, the man is going to be gone. Yes, sir. Breakaway speed. He does get brought down, though, so, I mean, he stayed on his feet here, but it, it, we're not going to call him, you know, like Weeble Wobble. He does go down sometimes, most of the time, 50-50% of the time, I would say. All right, against Auburn now. Let's see what this man's got going on. They ended up winning the last game. Nice little Shore, 15 yards down the field, open, curling back in. Shore hands, takes the hit, gets brought down. All right, against Arkansas. Nice little comeback. Stays on his feet. Picks up an extra 10, 15 yards because of it. All right. We're not seeing any real kind of 50-50 balls on this one. Kind of at the back end of this highlight package. This is all 2020 highlights as well. So now he is kind of the number one receiver on this team. No more Justin Jeffers. Jamar Chase didn't play. Thaddeus Moss may have been playing. Don't think it was. I mean, we just saw stats from 2016 and 2019 only, so probably wasn't in here either. So now the number one. Good catch here. And then look at that. That's the breakaway speed. Oh, he should have kept going. Oh, I did not like him trying to cut back inside there. Just look at that man go, though. Yes, sir. Mm, I think he could have outran that second safety if he kept breaking out to the outside. All right. Nice little comeback route there. Nine, ten yards, nothing great. Nice little comeback route here. Ten yards, twelve yards, nothing great. <laughs> Open there between three defenders makes the catch. Come on, air it out. Quarterback pump fakes, takes like ten seconds to throw, and then throws it high. That's why you want 6'3 wide receiver right here because this is a throw off your back foot receiver who 6'3 still has to jump up and go get it. Now on the goal line. Come on, throw it. Throw the 50-50. Yeah. Not truly 50-50 here, but uh, defender kind of all over him, and he's still able to kind of get that nice separation, catching it down low for the touchdown. They got blown out this game. They just lost 20-7 to in this game. Man, since no Joe Burrow, this team's not good, man. <laughs> Alrighty, so that is Terrence, Terrace Marshall Jr. Nice little zig route. Fantastic. Starting outside, breaks back inside really quickly, 
And that's some nice moves. And we're talking about, you know, receivers in this league that can kind of beat you off the line of scrimmage with just your feet. You know, Devontae Adams can do that. Or you get, you know, DeAndre Hopkins who can just beat you with his hands. So uh, Terrence Marshall right there. Nice zig route to end it out. Didn't really see any kind of contested catches here, but this was just 2020. We know the 2019 season maybe a little bit better, more touchdowns, kind of the same amount of yards between 2020 and 2019. Uh, but overall, pretty good. I mean, the size is great right off the rip. The speed was great. I mean, if he's catching at a yard, two yards ahead of anybody, nobody's going to track him down. Nobody's going to get brought down like uh, um, DK Metcalf did in that interception that he hawked down. Who was at Buda Baker? Whoever picked him off. Um, short hands is great as well. And... Um, yeah, so not bad there by uh, Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall, definitely think that that man should be having some uh, nice recognition here in the draft. Should probably be, you know, maybe the fourth wide receiver drafted, third wide receiver drafted. Maybe you put him ahead of uh, Jalen Waddle, if you will, because uh, Jalen Waddle is kind of, you know, smaller, faster, or if you want nice, fast, tall beef as well, get Terrence Marshall, so. Alrighty, that's going to do it for us today. Let's quickly kind of see if there's any breaking news here as we were live. Anything to report? Anything going wild as we were talking? Does not appear to be so. Uh, let's update this March Madness game. We get uh, Loyola Chicago 42-33 to over Illinois. And we had Loyola Chicago plus 8.5 right before the show started. So we're loving it. But uh, looks like nothing's breaking. So we're clean, fresh start for tomorrow. Alrighty. So we are now officially out of here today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. Live, noon, Eastern. Breaking down possibly another NFL draft prospect. I think we should have time in the show. Breaking down the March Madness. Breaking down the NBA. Doing money makers for everything. Talking whatever breaks, folks. That's what we do here. So, alrighty, folks. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow.